Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Soul Sessions. Soul Sessions is a space where we want to explore questions of faith and have people share through their personal experience and stories the question of why they chose Jesus. Today, our guest speaker is Major Jay Spaulding from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Major Jay, thank you for coming in. It's great to have you here. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, we just want to start off by asking, um, you know, who you are and just telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah. Sounds weird to say, oh, I'm Major Jay Spaulding because the major is so far away from me that we call ourselves forever captains. People call us captains all the time. I'm fine with that. I'm even better with Jay. Yeah. Um, So Jay, tell us about yourself. (laughs) um, You know, uh, we have been in ministry now for 20 plus years as as officers, Um, but my story goes way back before then. Yeah. Um, For me, uh, my connection with God was always there. Um, and when I say that is I, I grew up, uh, started in a Catholic family. Um, my father was Catholic, uh, but we were really just um, more Catholic by birth than mm-hmm. by anything else. We would attend the church sometimes. I went to Catholic school when I was mm-hmm. younger. And this was in Kentucky? You yeah, were born in, in Kentucky? Yeah, I was born in Kentucky. Okay. We lived a little bit in Tennessee. We have family there as well. Um, and then came back to Kentucky. And if you know anything about private schools, they cost a lot of money to send your kids there. Yeah, so they do. When my, when my parents were doing better, they could send me to Catholic school. If not, then I was in public school. Um, and when I was about 10, we really were just on hard times. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother had recently become disabled um, and my father had lost his job. So in November, when I was 10, my dad said, Hey, there's probably not going to be a whole lot for Christmas this year because he had recently lost his job. That's hard for a 10 year old to hear Mm -hmm. uh, by any means. And, uh, on December the 23rd, a Salvation Army officer, and and we knew that we lived close to the Salvation Army church, um, because we were a couple doors down. I was one of those vacation Bible school kids. You know, they send you to every vacation Bible school that was going on. Yeah. Um, Really, I still know people that do that. Yeah, that's still like good. (laughs) That's one of those things, right? They wanted us to get some Jesus, but at the same time, get a break. We got a break from our parents, and they got a break from us for sure. Um, And so, when I was ten, an officer, uh, Captain Grady Pearson, showed up at my at my house, and a a member of the church, a Vazabor member, I think, at that time. And they showed up with a basket of food, which was fantastic for my family. Like I said, we were struggling. Um, and three things that are still important to me today, a pair of Converse tennis shoes, mm-hmm. which I have one today. If I'm not in uniform, I usually have those on. Legos, which I force my kids to play with Legos today, even though they probably don't like them <laughs> as much as I do, and a basketball. Okay. Um, and they said, hey, just wanted to know that we heard that you all needed a little bit of help, want to bring some joy into your life. And uh, the officer said, if you ever want to go to church, we're just a couple doors down. Let me know. What was the significance in that moment for you and you listing those three things like those three things to me, like, so Converse have, you know, when that I was like, man, I got a brand new pair of shoes. I have a brand new pair of shoes. I grew up, my brothers are 10 and 14 years older than me. Mm -hmm. So it was always hand-me-downs up until I was too old or I was too big uh, for them to hand me down. I was handing me down to them. So it was always hand-me-downs in my house or hand-me-downs from another cousin. 
Um, it's just the way the world worked. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so this was something that was your th- own brand my, new, yeah, like those no one's ever shoes. worn these. That's these right. Are mine. Um, okay. and it's weird. They were purple and, but man, I was proud of those purple shoes yeah. and, um, they stood out for me. Legos. Uh, I've always been a kid that fidgets or is always doing something, drawing or something like that. So, uh, having those Legos to take apart, build what what they were meant to be built as, and take them apart and rebuild them as something else. Mm. Um, so that was good for me. And growing up in Kentucky, you are a basketball fan. That's mm-hmm. just the way the world works there. <laughs> um, and so being a Kentucky basketball fan, having that basketball that was mine that I could take to the court myself, I didn't have to wait for somebody else to give up a ball to play. That was my ball to, uh, to have at the court. So that was nice. Um and uh, this guy, um, this officer, and this other guy just showing some love without anything else in return, just saying, hey, we know you needed help, mm-hmm. and just being there for us, that was fantastic. Um, and, and, and and it was more than just like putting a Band-Aid over a situation. They, they saw the whole of our family. So, I mean, they saw deeper, hey, you want to come to church? That was fantastic. But they got my dad a job at the local shelter mm-hmm. um, so that... I mean, it wasn't the greatest job, but it was a job that he could have that he could put food on our table because, you know, we were prideful and didn't want to ask for help. We didn't ask for help from the Salvation Army, but they found out that we needed help um, somehow. And uh, when I walked into church, granted, I didn't go right then, but a couple weeks later when I walked into church, uh, that guy reached down and he told me that he loved me and he told me that Jesus loved me and he gave me a hug. In my family, guys don't say, I love you, mm-hmm. and guys didn't hug. And so I sat there, and I listened to this guy, um, him and his wife, fantastic people. And they preached to us, and they loved on us, and they cared for us, and they made us a part of that family, and they told us about God's love. And after six months, um, they invited us uh, to go to the camp, Camp Paradise Valley in, okay. in Kentucky and Tennessee. Because you were how old at that time? I was 10 still at that 10. time. okay. And on my 11th birthday, mm-hmm. on June 21st, I gave my life over to Christ at Camp Paradise Valley in the pavilion where we were having church that Sunday. And that was my start. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, when did your faith become personal? When did knowing Jesus, because when did knowing Jesus become personal to you? Because you have ex- you had experienced his love and his kindness through others, God yeah. using others, and now you're at camp and you're in this moment. Um, what is it? What does it feel like? Or when was that moment where you felt like Jesus became personal to me? So, being that younger, that 11, mm-hmm. 12, 13, I, I love God. You know, I love the community that, that God was putting me in. Um, um, but it was. You know, my, my mother started to come mm-hmm. to church, you know, because she wanted to see the things that I was involved in. So that was great. Um, and then when I was about 13, my dad, you know, he would come every once in a while. But my dad is always one of those people that worked two, three, four jobs at a time when he, when he could. He would yeah. do inventory for for car manufacturers. He would he would do the side security jobs and all of those things yeah. just to do whatever he could to do as much as he could for our family. Um, and so he wasn't always able to come on Sundays, but mm-hmm. he started to come pretty regular when I was about 13, um, at 13, 14. 
And then, so then high school years are entering in for me at that time. I chose my high school because of the programs that they had. I didn't go to the high school that everybody else in my neighborhood went to. I went to a high school that was like a half an hour away, had to ride a city bus there, chose it for an ROTC program that they had because I had everything laid out that I thought was going to happen in my life. All of the guys in my family went to the military that my dad did, my grandfather did, my Mm -hmm. uncles did. So Mm -hmm. naturally, that's what I'm going to do. Um, some of them went by choice. Some of them did not. Some of them were drafted, but I thought, man, that's a way that I know I can have a job. I can get education paid for that way. I, there was benefits to that. You had a plan there. Yeah. Um, and so I chose my high school for that. Um, but what happened for me and what kind of set God and, and, uh, that became personal to me was mm-hmm. I was planning on things for my career, you know, this ROTC things and stuff like that. And for me, church became more important. The things that we were doing at church, the opportunities that I had there that God was putting in place at church were conflicting with things that I had set aside for ROTC or for or for what was going to happen in life. And I could see that God was leading me in a different direction, mm. that he was calling me out. And in 94 at commissioning, I got my call to be an officer. I saw those people walk across the stage and thought, oh man, that's what God wants me to do. What's that feel like? When God, you know, when people say things like, I felt that, or God was directing me, what does that feel like for you? So for the ages of 13 and 14, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out oh, how do I fit in church and, and the things that I, I want to do and the things I feel that I need to do at church mm-hmm. and the things that I feel that I need to do in high school with RC programs, because a lot of our stuff there was after school and like was on weekends and some of them were even conflicting with Sunday services and stuff like that. When I made that decision, when I felt God call me then, there was this overwhelming peace. Mm, okay. That there wasn't wow. this struggle that I was like, it was constantly binding, you know, constantly coming against mm. me. So it, it was like, something got put to rest. Yeah. So it was like, okay. oh, I don't need to continue to struggle this because this is the direction that God is calling me for. Mm. And, and granted, knew that then, but there was still that little part in my heart that was like, well, you know, I can do, you know, ROTC. I can still do college with ROTC. Then I can go and serve my four years, and then I can be an officer. But it just seemed like the more and more I tried to push my own plan, the more and more struggles I was having with making that peace with God. With mm-hmm. That was it. And so when I finally pushed all that aside, it was just a calmness. Okay. A calmness. I like that, a calmness. Um, and... Uh, when I had that calmness, I don't say things fell into place because, you know, obviously there sure. were still problems. You know, I had problems with with issues in my family. Sure. I had, you know, my own little struggles here and there, you know, like, well, why do I suffer like this, God, if, mm-hmm. if I'm following your plan? You know, all of yeah. those things, those things that we we struggle with every day. Um, just because we are following his plan doesn't mean it's Absolutely. easy by any, by any stretch of the choosing, choosing Jesus doesn't mean we don't have any more problems. Yeah. You it's know. not a smooth path. Right. Um, and, uh, when I was at church, when I was at camp, when I was around people that were pouring into my life, I felt like I could be myself, that it wasn't like I had to be something else or somebody else. Like when I was at school or when, um, I was around other people, when I was there, mm-hmm. I was okay with 
my weird quirks. I was okay with mm-hmm. um, the the nerdiness of me or the, the the awkwardness of me. I was okay because there were still people said, "Yeah, you're a little weird. Yeah, you're a little you're a little off, but you know, we still love you and we still care for you." Yeah. Um, and so that was important to me. Wow. Um. So. You know, it's we we're on this topic and theme of like why why choose Jesus? Um, we we know the importance in it, um, but for you and your faith and your personal experience, um, why did you say yes to Jesus? When I was younger, I said yes to Jesus because. It was a feeling more than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's not a whole lot you can, I can really say like, I was going through a ton of struggles when I was a little kid. Yes, my parents were going through struggles. Mm-hmm. Those things affected me. Uh, but I didn't have a horrible life. It wasn't It wasn't like that. But I felt like, man, this is something that just feels right. It's in the right place. As I get older mm-hmm. and my relationship deepens with Christ, I can see where choosing God was always the right decision because he chose me. He mm. chooses each one of us. Um, it says, here, I have a plan for you. I have, I have, a, I have a, a will for you to follow, but we don't always follow that. Um, and when we don't follow that, that's when things get even worse for us. Yeah. Um, and so when, when I can go back and look at my teenage years and see where um, God was leading me in this direction or that direction, and I would start to veer off that I... I would just have this turmoil inside of me that was just uh, an aggravation. Mm-hmm. I would try to fill it with with things of, you know, um, living a life that, not that I was a bad kid, because my testimony used to be, oh, I'm just a good old boy, but being just a good old boy doesn't get you into heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, doing all the right deeds, doing all the right things, it doesn't get you in heaven, but being saved does. Because no matter, even making up little lies in school to make myself look better. I didn't have to make those up when I was at church because those people knew who the true, true me was. Um, and probably after Christ, the next most important thing that solidified everything for me um, and, and even really to say kept me on the straight and narrow was meeting Jamie. Mm. Uh, I met her when I was young. I was 14. uh, And we became really good friends. But that's all we were. We were really good friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we started dating, we started off our our relationship maybe different than some people. But it was, I'm called to be an officer. Okay, I'm called to be an officer. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the way I want to live my life. This is the way I want to live my life, and we and and that was important to both of mm-hmm. us. And so, um, even though we lived, you know, almost an hour and a half away from each other, two hours away from each other, it was a we kept in communication with each other. We wrote letters to one another. We checked on each other. We were, hey, what are you studying? Hey, where where you know what's going on in your church? You know, or mm-hmm. those type of things, so that when we were at events together and when we were able to be together, it wasn't just about us as a relationship, it was about us relationship and our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. There is like so. a, a spiritual foundation for both of you. Your faith was very important to you and, and personal to you separately. And then yeah. when you came together, um, that was the foundation of what drove your decisions together. Yeah. That, that was awesome. good for us. I yeah. mean, 
we we left everything. We got married young. We were married at yeah. 18. Yeah, I was going to say that's pretty impressive knowing that you guys were so young and being so assured of that, um, knowing your faith, knowing where you wanted to go. Yeah, We got married, like, that's, yeah, that's married neat. young. And we couldn't have done it without God, without yeah. a doubt. There's That was what was the most important thing for us. Mm-hmm. We got married at 18 and moved six hours away from family and friends and start to assist at a core. Um, and we went to training young eight or 19 and 20. We went to training. Um, and so being out and being young officers, we had to rely heavily on mm-hmm. God. And, and it doesn't matter now that we look back on it. Yeah. We relied heavily on him now on then we do as well now. Absolutely. Um, Cause we can't make it without him. Sure. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I really like what you said about how, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in, in summarizing this, but like it, it's, there's seasons of life and how you walk with Jesus and how it is that you feel and sense him moving and then um, what choosing him looks like in those seasons. So at a young age, you felt just his presence and his comfort and his peace upon you. Um, and then, uh, you know, in every season of life as you move forward, it's a continual uh, just progression of your relationship where you choose him because you know it's the right thing, because there's goodness and wholeness and satisfaction that comes from a relationship with Jesus. And yeah, and it is about choosing him um, in every season of life. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate that. That's very encouraging to me. Um, you know, some young people might be kind of asking and wrestling with those same questions of like in that space right now of like what is my faith what you know how does Jesus enter in um what does he have to do with this you know and so what would you how how would you speak into that for a young person for me you've got to say okay i know i'm not at the place i need to be i know that there's something that needs to fill that void and that's christ mm-hmm. so that's the first step but that's not the end step mm. Um, I accepted Christ when I was young, but as you were saying, accepting Christ is more than just a one-time act. It is a continuous relationship with Mm -hmm. him. There's a point in my life, there's a point in my officership where I walked away from God. Mm. And so when you walk away from God, God doesn't want to leave you. God wants to be with you. He searches for us. He tells us that in his word that he will leave the 99 to search for the one lost one. And, And when you step away from God... He comes running after you. And I did that because I didn't want anything else to do with it. I was upset. I was mad. I was aggravated. I, I didn't think things were going the way it should have gone. Um, everything I felt like around me was falling apart. And I stepped away from him. But when I stepped away from him, he chased after me. Mm. The people that were around me, mm-hmm. the people who knew me, the people who knew who I was then and who I had become, they chased after me. And so having this relationship with God and being surrounded by a body of believers is probably one of the most important things you could ever do. It is the most important. Mm -hmm. Christ is the most important decision you ever make. But making sure that you're staying in that relationship with him and you're having a real relationship and a real conversation with those around you Mm -hmm. about what you're going through is very important. Yeah. Especially for our young people, for our young adults, for our older adults today. Our, our mental health, our emotional state, and that people say, oh, we should hide that, and we we, we mm-hmm. want to push that down. But if 
we have that real person that's in our, in our life, the, those real friends that we can tell that to, they can help us get through this. They can point us in the direction of God. They can point us in the direction of real help and making sure that we're getting the right things that we need it. If maybe I didn't hide some of that stuff when I was, when I was going through that stuff, maybe I never yeah. would have stepped away. Um, but some of that I, I hid. And when I stepped away, it was like, everyone's like, really? That happened? Why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, but those people who knew me, the, those those best friends, yeah. uh, the family that, that I knew, the they made sure that, that, that I was, that yeah. I got back on the right track. Yeah. And that's important. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I love that you say that because it really personalizes Jesus in that when we have a relationship with him, with anyone, you know, it's not that that he stays here and then we go and then he just waits. No, he pursues. That's right. His presence follows for those who have chosen to walk with him. Um, and he's committed, right? He's committed to us um, in relationship, even when sometimes we think, well, we've just gone too far. We we walk away from it. He He's still committed in that covenant, in that relationship with us. Um, and he also appoints people um, and and guides people into our lives to give us the community that we need yeah. in those times. So thank you for that. That's a beautiful picture and a reminder of um, yeah, how personal Jesus is for us if we choose him to be, right? That's right. Um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Jay, thank you for just your openness and sharing your story. I know that's probably just like the surface. It just skims a little bit of who you are and just that the story of just grace and redemption. Um, but it speaks really, it speaks volumes to to us. Well, thank um, you for letting me share. Time. I really appreciate it. And, you know, our relationship continues to grow. It continues to move every single day with Christ. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm sure there'll be some more ups and downs and twists and turns, but yep. he'll always be Keeps there with going. me. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, guys. Thank you for tuning into Soul Sessions. If you enjoyed this interview, we ask that you like it and share it with others and join us for next time. <laughs>